this allied 400 episode of the nascar gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by bird dog shorts dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free yeti style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool that's birddogs.com slash pool drivers start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing things. now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb Welcome into another episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez. Things may look a little different behind me, but I promise you I am still the same guy bringing you all of the NASCAR news. And uh, yeah, obviously, if you're listening on the regular podcast, it probably sounds a little different to you as well. Uh, bear with me. I am on location trying out my new mobile setup. I don't know if I like it yet. But uh, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll hammer through this uh, to get through our episodes. Hey, I'm just glad that you could be here with me and uh, we can get this done. Uh, I know. And that's the thing about it, too. I mean, obviously, last week uh, I was on location, didn't have access to uh, Wi-Fi, which is in this day and age kind of important when it comes to doing uh, actual Internet related things. So uh, yeah, this time I necessary. was. And so now here I am. Yes. Well, I'm glad you uh, glad you were able to make it on. Glad we got some odds out. Finally, why we took so freaking long to get odds out when there was a bye week last week. Nobody may ever know, but uh, we've got odds now anyways. <laughs> it just it boggles my mind that literally we sat here waiting for until the regular time that it takes to get odds when they had a full week to prepare for it. Yeah. And for as was discussed in the discord, copy and paste odds like very similar to how they are almost every other week. Like it's not that much has changed. So I don't, I don't understand, but whatever, here we are. <laughs> here we are. And we're able to, to get through it. So um, yes, of course it is the ally 400. We are in Nashville this week, all three series in action. Cannot wait to break it all down for you. Uh, but yes, this is the cup episode because that's how we start. That's the one that gave us the most odds to start with. So that's where we'll go. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, a newsy day in NASCAR. <laughs> so if you want to cover that real quick, um, Stuart Haas announced some crew chief changes. If you remember, Johnny Klossmeyer, um, Briscoe's current crew chief or <laughs> former crew chief now, suspended six races after that massive penalty that they got. Um, so he's eligible to return at Pocono if he has a role with the team still. But SHR has announced that Riley Herbst crew chief Richard Boswell is going to take over Chase Briscoe's team in the Cup Series. And then Eric Almarola, one of his engineers, Davin Resto, Res, Restivo, something like that, is going to move to Xfinity to be the crew chief for Herbst. Um, and there, I guess they did say that Briscoe's crew chief, uh, Johnny Klossmeyer, is going to stay at SHR in vehicle performance group. Why? I don't know, because I don't think he's had anything to do with vehicle performance this year. But uh, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, that is the case. So some shakeup as far as the uh, Cup Series crew chief goes there for the number 14 car. Um, and then some news on Chicago well, Street Course. Will it make okay. a difference? Yep. Though? That's the question. Is this going to make a difference? And forgive me for getting up. I had to turn off the air conditioner because it was making a, a awful noise that I didn't want to hear. But do you think it's going to make a difference, Cody? That's that's my question. Uh, I mean, it can't get any worse. 
So that's a positive, right? That's you know, <laughs> look at the look at a glass half full. I, I mean, I, I really why not try something, right? He's suspended anyways. This guy had some success early in the season with Herbst. It's been rough for lately, but that's not always been car related. Like it seems like that's been more of wrong place, wrong time. A lot of the times um, for Herbst when it comes to that. So we'll see. I mean, it, it can't hurt to try it and see how it goes. Uh, they could switch things back later on after the suspension's over if they wanted to anyways or, or whatever. I mean, at this point, as bad as things have gone, as far down in the points as they are with these massive penalties, like essentially the number 14 season is over. Even if he were to snag a win at a super speedway or something like that, he's so far because he lost how many playoff, a lot of playoff points. Like it's, it's his, his chance, even if he makes the playoffs is so far out that it, it probably doesn't even matter at this point. So, Let's try something different. See if we can finish six spots in front of BJ McLeod instead of three and find some improvements. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to come out and, and look great this weekend all of a sudden or anything like that. Um, but again, it, it doesn't hurt to, to try and change things up and, and do something different. I think yeah. sometimes you got to shake that, uh, that, that, whatever you got snow globe. Sometimes you got to shake it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And man, it just, I mean, Klaus Meyer has been on that car for a while. He was with Clint Boyer before. Um, and then him and Briscoe had so much success last year, right? Well, they had a decent amount of success. I think that maybe some numbers were more inflated than others, but obviously got that Cup Series win. He made it to the final eight in the playoffs. So overall, a very successful season. And then for as far as things have gone down this season, um, boy, that's been it's been something else. <laughs> I mean, what can you do at this point? Like you said, you just I guess you got to take some swings. You gotta you gotta figure out what. Uh, what to do and, and to make it work. So uh, speaking of finding things to make work, let's talk about some bird dog shorts. I am in prime California weather at this point, and I am loving the fact that it is about to be shorts weather pretty soon. And I'm loving the fact that I'm going to be able to make it bird dogs season even sooner. Bird dogs, what are they? Well, they're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. They give you a truly sculpted look, my friends. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And plus, they fit better than those regular shorts that are made of stiff and restricting cotton. Bird Dogs, they fixed all of that restricting cotton-esque by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice on movement. Plus, and more importantly, Bird Dogs uses anti-sweat and stink wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long who does not want that at all if you want in on that action right now go to birddogs.com pool enter the promo code pool for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com pool for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take off your bird dogs we absolutely 100 promise you Like you said, Cody, this was definitely a newsy day. Briscoe's news was the tip of the iceberg at this point. Yeah, exactly. So a couple other things. Um, Cup Series driver is not allowed to run the Chicago street course race for Xfinity. Um, no surprise there because that's that's kind of been the case the last few years, right? If they go to a new track for the Cup Series, they don't want them running on that track and anything that weekend to, to get the experience, blah, blah, blah. So um so with no cup series guy to fill the number 10 car which has been their all-star car justin marks the uh owner of track house or co-owner with pipple of course is going to come down and drive it he's been a cup i mean he's been a nascar driver before specifically the xfinity series he's had a lot of success a sports car racer as well he still does that all the time he'll go race on sunday mornings and fly to the track and watch his guys go compete um and he's very very good at it so It'll be interesting to see him out there, right? He's, he's puts on the driver's suit on Saturday, and then he'll be back in the owner's suite on Sunday. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does there. But I'm pretty excited to watch him get out there in that uh, in that number 10 car because I, I think that uh, could be pretty exciting, especially at a street course like that where it's going to be, man, the Xfinity Series. That's going to be a real interesting race there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you right now, just to just to know that the car owner is going to be out there driving that all-star car, it just, 
that sort of ratchets it up a notch because you're not used to seeing owners step into. I would, I would pay. I don't know how much I pay, but I probably don't have enough to watch Joe Gibbs get into one of oh. his own. How amazing would that be? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, and I mean, a lot of uh, owners are former drivers, right? Like Rick Hendrick was a driver before he became Richard an Petty. owner. Yeah, Petty, obviously Richard Childress, and now obviously guys like Jimmy Johnson getting into it, and Denny Hamlin. Like we know about those guys, but some of the old guard were drive. Roger Penske was a driver. Um, I don't, I don't know if he drove any stock car stuff, but Indy car driver for sure. Um, so yeah, very interesting there. But uh, it'll be fun to see see Justin Marks uh, get back into the Xfinity Series ride. Last piece of news: um, the Washington Commanders. Um, have their new owner or soon to be, I think the deal is still technically processing, but Josh Harris, um, his, uh, sports group, uh, boy, this is a whole, how all this works. I know is interesting, but I think it's Harris Blitzer sports entertainment is the group. So H B S E has bought into Joe Gibbs racing. Um, we've seen this obviously before with Roush Fenway, right? Fenway sports group on the Boston Red Sox, a bunch of other stuff, LeBron James part owner and that, but they bought into to Roush. That became a 50-50 partnership. This is not that. This is just a minority stake. Um, and the, the theory, I think, is obviously Joe Gibbs, with, when they were the Washington Redskins, right? He won three Super Bowls with them or whatever it was. Legendary coach there. So get the new owner in with the fan base, right? He gets to partner with Joe Gibbs, and they can do all kinds of fun stuff. In return, Gibbs has bought into that sports group which gives him part ownership of the Sixers, uh, the Devils in the NHL, and all kinds of other stuff. So it's kind of a win-win, I think, for both sides on this. Um, but nothing's going to change. The name's not. It's going to be continue to be Gibbs, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing, and and no other. Nothing else changes other than some influx of money, right, which is always nice, uh, you know, and maybe some ideas or whatever. But uh, still going to be Joe Gibbs Racing. The rich people's problems, right? That's <laughs> how many different this. sports? Yeah. Just... yeah. <laughs> how many sports <laughs> well, entities like, can uh, I be a part of? Yeah, the Nuggets guy. He won. He just won. You know, the Nuggets won the NBA Finals, and it's like, well, now he's won the NBA Finals, the Super Bowl with the Rams. Uh, I think he's an a part of the owner of Avalanche. The Avalanche. Yep. yep. And then, like, uh, God, what was there? It was like a lacrosse team on there. Something that, like he won like eight different major league championships in the last couple of years. I'm like. Dude has way too much fucking money, all right? But, I mean, that's the dream, right? If I had that much money, I'd want to buy a bunch of sports teams and win championships, too. So, you can't blame He's literally living all of our dreams, but it's <laughs> hilarious. I think that's what it is. I'm just jealous. Let, let's just exactly. let's just call it like it is. I'm jealous. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it's, I mean, yeah. And that's all it is. And it's a lot of, I think, you know, hey, this, this helps him with the fan base and all that. But it is always good to see. I mean, this guy is an NFL team owner now. NBA team owner, a new NHL team owner, and now he's got some stake in NASCAR. Obviously, we've had an influx of owners lately as far as Pitbull, Michael Jordan, Floyd Money Mayweather with that somewhat car. Uh, I mean, but there, you know, there's been an influx of of guys with way too much money coming into the sport lately, and that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it uh, never hurts, obviously, yeah. to help promote the sport and help help it grow. And, you know, just watching all the drivers too, like Kozlowski, like you had talked about earlier. Um, jumping into that Hamlin, jumping into that, all these guys getting a chance to, to further that. It just, yeah, it never yeah. hurts. Well, and there's the entire, I mean, and so they play at FedEx field, right. And FedEx, obviously a Gibbs part, like it's all tied in together. I'm sure there'll be promotions around it. They'll cross promote, you know, the commanders with NASCAR, NASCAR with the commanders. I mean, it'll all be worked in there, however. So I think overall good thing for the sport, not really going to change anything as far as, you know, it's not like it's suddenly, uh, you know, half a Gibbs got bought out or anything like that. I, I do think it, it's going to be interesting to see what the plan is, because obviously Joe Gibbs is not a young man. Um, and he had two sons in the organization primed to eventually take over. Right. Both of his sons have now passed away. Obviously, you have Ty, but he's very, very young at this point. Right. He's like 13. So <laughs> he looks like he's 13 anyways. But. <laughs> Uh, so it's it is kind of interesting to see where will Joe Gibbs Racing go eventually. Hopefully, Coach, you know, has a long time left here. But if he doesn't, uh, whatever the plan may be, that'd be interesting. I guess maybe this could be a part of that with 
with getting someone else in sports ownership, at least in the door, maybe. Who knows? I mean, listen, like, like we said, it just it can't hurt. It's it's always good to have new blood in, and it's always good to see the the sponsors that come with them and just all, all the life that that comes in thanks to these guys. So looking forward to that as well. Um, all right, what else happened? Uh, I think that's actually it for news. So I think you're right. I think, uh, it was a newsy day, but it, it was a newsy day, but that was about it. Um, Legacy's gonna appeal. Uh, I think their appeal will be heard next Wednesday. Um, as far as their uh, greenhouse submissions or whatever the the penalty they had for the greenhouse thing, but uh, again, at this point, does that really matter? Probably not. <laughs> not even in <laughs> so, yeah, the that was that penalty was from Gateway, uh, and yeah, it's set for June twenty eighth, and so Dave Ellens will be the crew chief this week uh, for Eric Jones because the suspension is deferred, so he doesn't have to start serving the suspension while they await the appeal. So I guess. If you think that's important, great. I don't think that's important. <laughs> uh, it's not right now. I'm sad to say, but it's not right now, unfortunately. Yes. Um, all right. Well, listen, we are going to Nashville. Like I said, the Nashville Super Speedway. It will be 300 laps, this Ally 400, around this 1.33. Not your standard intermediate track. It is one of those. Nor is it a Super Speedway. The uh, no, the name no. is a touch misleading (laughs) very misleading. not actually a super speedway (laughs) but i mean again it's like nashville super speedway what do you say i mean it's raceway it's it's speedway it's super speedway who knows um yes definitely not your typical talladega and or daytona super speedway uh nashville just did not want to be left out of the running so yes they will run 300 laps for a total of 399.900 miles in this uh, only the, the third time that they'll have come to Nashville, the Cup Series. Not a long and storied history here, so not a lot of track history to pull from. But we've definitely still found our fair share of bets. and We've got some comp tracks to get to, and we will talk about all of that. Do we but have first, comp tracks? <laughs> eh, I, I found a couple that I like. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you that in a second. <laughs> uh, yes, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is who we are brought by. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college basketball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states, especially those of you who are not in legally gambling or legalized gambling states. <laughs> like me. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And I have, uh, I've been to Nashville before and I love the city. Uh, I, I was stationed just outside of Nashville at the Fort Campbell area and spent a lot of time roaming around Nashville. Never did get to go to the track though, unfortunately. Uh, but I would have loved to have that. That's a very nice looking area. Lebanon, Tennessee, just outside. It is a suburb of Nashville, not in the city proper, still plenty to do. Still plenty of fun to have. Uh, these guys basically are, by all rights and accounts, in Nashville, just not necessarily in Nashville. So it's not a super speedway, and it's not in Nashville, but they're still there in Tennessee. Yeah, no. Nashville, great city. I've been there as well. Uh, I was there. The track was not open at the time. This track, an interesting history, sort of, right? So it opened in 2001. Um, they got Xfinity Series right away. I don't think... Maybe they had trucks. I know they had Xfinity, IndyCar for sure, Arca, possibly trucks. I'd have to double check on that. But uh, And then the track closed down in 2011, only 10 years old. That was it, closed down. I think it was like 2014 or so. They sold the place. We're going to tear it down, develop it into something. That whole deal fell through. Somebody else bought it, fell through. Somebody Eventually, 2021, reopened the place, brought the Cup Series back, or the Cup Series there for the first time. And now here we are, right? This is the third season of the Cup Series being there. Um, so kind of an interesting story. The track isn't that old, being open to 2001, but was closed for 10 years of that time and just left to sit there again. And it's been revived. Um, obviously, they're working on the Nashville Fairgrounds as well, trying to get that approved. I believe that's more in Nashville, actually, um, where we might have a, a Cup Series race there eventually. I know Dale Jr.'s really big in on that. And uh, we've seen how that goes with North Wilkesboro. Dale Jr. won something. 
a lot of people in the NASCAR world tend to listen to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like a voice that never gets ignored. Dale Jr. speaks, the world listens yes. for sure. So Exactly. Uh, all right, Cody. Well, like I said, look, I, I looked at a couple of tracks to get ready for this. And I looked at Darlington. I looked at Gateway because those are the ones that are not quite your mile and a half tracks. Obviously, the banking is different on all these. We know that Gateway is a very sh short, flat track. And Darlington is not necessarily like Nashville. But uh, when we're talking about distances and concern, that that's kind of what I looked at going into it, uh, especially, you know, obviously leaning heavy on past Nashville performance because we have two years sort of starting to become a data set you can trust. So that's what I looked at in, in handicapping this race this time. Yeah. I feel like I've said this a lot lately, but another track that there's not an exact comparison. Like it's just, there's, we have so many of these non cookie cutter tracks now where there's not another track that's exactly like it. It's not one of these mile and a half where you can look at exact another track. So I looked a lot at gateway as well. I think that they're very similar in size. Um, mostly this track is a little more banked and, and not quite as flat. Um, but still similar in size. Also looked at Dover just a touch because Dover is a concrete track. This is a concrete track as well. I think that makes a difference. You can throw in Bristol a little bit as a concrete track as well. I think it's a little bit of a tougher comparison, but the concrete surface, there are certain guys that seem to pop up a little more when it comes to concrete. I'm going to be talking about at least, well, a couple of those guys, I guess, uh, as we get farther into this show. So, uh, those were kind of the ones I looked at. Obviously, then you look at Nashville here in the past um, and, and, you know, how the last two races, even more so last year, of course, with the new car um, and, and how they kind of went. And again, what have you done for me lately? Right. Momentum. We talk about it a lot. That plays in so much on a week to week basis. you got to factor it in again here. So uh, definitely a heavy dose of that as well. Indeed. Uh, all right. Well. I guess it's a good a time as any to start laying out some bets for the Ally 400 from Nashville, Music City, or just outside of it, I suppose. <laughs> Speaking of momentum, this is exactly what this bet is based on. I'm taking Ryan Blaney over Ross Chastain, plus 100 on Superbook. Been fading Ross Chastain lately. Going to continue to fade Ross Chastain ever since Rick Hendrick made his comments after the Darlington race. And then Justin Marks came out in the public and said what he said about basically the, the public, you know, chastising of Chastain. It's been a different driver since until we see differently. Will Ross eventually come back up? Will he eventually look great again? Probably, right? He's going to get that aggressiveness back, whatever it may be. But until we see it, I'm off of Ross and Ryan Blaney has been solid. So, I went back over the last seven oval races, like what I like to say, like true oval races. So not road courses, not super speedways. That's basically it, right? So every other oval, intermediate, short track, whatever it is. Six of the last seven, Ryan Blaney has finished ninth place or better. His 16th place at Kansas was the one outlier. Um, and he finished third at Dover. Again, concrete track here recently. Ross Chastain, if he did finish 10th last week at Sonoma, Kind of an outlier finish to his performance. He wasn't running that well. Lucked out on when that caution fell for the tire. He just happened to have pitted, flipped, uh, flipped everything, and, and was able to somewhat hold on to track position. That's why he got that finish. But you go to the three races before that, 22nd, 22nd, and 29th. That is the glaring thing for me when it comes to Ross Chastain. He's been pretty good here at Nashville in the past, yes. He was good at Dover earlier this season, yes. But... Ever since the Hendrick and Mark's comments, it's not been the same. I think that's going to continue. And Ryan Blaney, we've seen it, right? He's been so consistent. He's now gotten that win. He's riding high. I don't see why that's going to stop this week. Give me Blaney over Chastain and, you know, even money basically plus 100 over on Superbook. I mean, fading Chastain has just become, like we said, the it thing. Now, Chastain is this year's Hamlin. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. We, yeah. And Basically it, like, just avoiding him at all costs. And I'm already telling you, eventually it's going to stop. And once it, once it stops, it'll stop. And it'll be a, probably a pretty abrupt stop. Once we see him come out, lead a ton of laps, run a really good race again, it's going to be like, okay, we're off. But until we see it and they keep giving us matchups against premier guys who are continuing to get it done on a week-to-week -week basis, that's the exact Hamilton situation we had last year. He was bad. He was bad. He was bad. He was bad. Then all of a sudden he was good. 
that's when we stopped and it worked out perfectly. We're just repeating the same process. I can't remember which show it was. They they weren't they weren't really quick to call him neutered. They said they I, they didn't want to call Chastain neutered. And I remember I was like, but I, I yeah. Well, I was gonna say I think we talked about that. Like that's basically what's happened, right? It's it, it is like they the dog just looks different after you take him in for that, and they come back out and it's a different dog, and there's not as much fight in that dog, not as deep of a bark in that dog, and that's where we're at at this point in time. We certainly are. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take to get it back, but well, hopefully we'll find out, I'm sure. But like you said, until further notice, uh, that dog has got no bark left in him. So, yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of Blaney, I, I think Blaney is going to finish well. I definitely do. I, I, I see a, at least a top 10 finish in Blaney's future, but I see a better future for Kevin Harvick than Ryan Blaney. Uh, and, and really, ultimately, this comes down to the fact that this, this uh, Harvick over Blaney over on Superbook, Harvick's at plus money on this one, at plus 110. And again, with the consistency, that is Kevin Harvick. I mean, we don't have to harp on it every single week. I mean, we will, obviously. But kind of for those of you who listen to this show, you absolutely know that uh, that Kevin Harvick is just Mr. Consistent. Several top 10s already, obviously, in his career, uh, just total all over the place. But here in specific, he's got two top 10 finishes in 2021. He had a fifth place finish in 2022. He finished in 10th after starting eighth. So two solid finishes here as well Uh, for Blaney here on this track. Not bad either. Uh, A 10th place finish in 2021, a sixth place finish in 2022. But I'll lean on Darlington. Like I said, this other kind of 1.3, three mile uh, uh, track length where Kevin Harvick is just God, a top five God. He's got 14 top fives, the most of any active driver on this track. You got to scroll pretty far down to get to Ryan Blaney's top fives on this one. In fact, he has no top fives and 13 starts on Darlington. And again, it's just a matter of with how well Kevin Harvick runs on these tracks and on uh, uh, Nashville in particular. I, I really just think that again, We've seen it out of Kevin Harvick, and it's been frustrating because we expected a lot more out of Kevin Harvick this season, being it his last season. But maybe he kind of knows, and he might be kind of packing it in. Eh, Not really, but kind of maybe. Um, But when you look at what he did this year, Darlington, he finished second. uh, And then at Gateway, he finished 10th. So two solid finishes on those comparable tracks to, uh, to Ryan Blaney. I'm just telling you right now, I feel like Kevin Harvick is is about to really kick it up another notch. Several good finishes over the last few weeks. 11th at Sonoma, 10th at Gateway, 11th at Charlotte. Like I said, the second place in Darlington, 11th in Kansas. Uh, so again, not a bad not a bad season so far for Kevin Harvick. Not to say that Ryan Blaney won't have a good finish or won't even have a solid race, but this is Kevin Harvick. This is Mr. Consistent. This is a guy that we know is going to have a solid finish I, I really think it's going to be a top five finish. I don't want to take him at that. I just want to assume that he's going to do better than Ryan Blaney at the end of the day. Yeah, it's hard to argue, obviously. It's Harvick. It's plus money. I'm really, really high on Ryan Blaney this week, which scares me a bit because I've been there a few times before. But uh, I'm allowed to be now that he's won, right? So that was what happened with Truex. And look how that worked out for us last week. So we'll take it. But uh Man, yeah, this is a tough one. I'm I'm gonna stay away from this because I can't pick a side. But again, it's hard to argue against Blaney or against Harvick. Um, I do think that both these guys are gonna have top ten finishes, potentially top five finishes. Uh, so this will probably be one of those head to heads that's separated by one spot at the end of the day, right? Um, a head to head that's not gonna be separated by one spot, I don't think. Uh, I guess this is your shitbox special of the week. Eric Almarola versus Chase Briscoe. Uh, minus 125 on Caesars. Give me Eric Almarola. It's Chase Briscoe. I, do I? Is it? Do, should I give any more of an explanation, or should we just move on to the next pick, Rob? <laughs> well, I mean, truth be told, that was my second pick as well. So, uh, oh, it is. That's called, right. I saw. Yeah. yeah. I saw, after I type, I type, start typing, and I look up, and I go, "Oh yeah, we're on the same page." So, I mean, come on, man. Like we've talked about it at extreme length at this point. Like. Chase Briscoe has been really fucking bad this year. Sure, he's got a new crew chief. Great. <laughs> like, it, uh, and it, like everybody, uh, the thing was, you know, at Gateway, like maybe it's it's kind of a short or uh, flat track. Maybe he's going to be good here. Uh, where do you end up at 
gateway ended up i don't know i didn't write it that, was a very bad finish it wasn't yeah, it wasn't good anyways and this track is not flat and if you go back and you look at uh in the last six races on ovals um he had a 20th or in the last six races in general he had a 20th place finish at the coke 600 he was 30th at dover another concrete track 34th at um 34th at worldwide technologies there was i did write it down um his best finish on an oval that's been bigger than one mile this season he had 20th at charlotte 20th at auto club that that's it like if it's bigger than a mile he has been horrible now this is going to be so great because when we go back to a short flat track again i'm going to have so many bets on chase briscoe because his odds are going to be so shitty at that point because he's had such a horrible season but for some reason he shows up on these short flat tracks whatever short tracks it's great flat tracks it's great but you get over a mile, and they have horrible this year. Eric Almarola has not necessarily been a ton better. 19th at Worldwide Technologies, but hey, that's better than 34th, right? 24th at Dover, also not great, but still better than Briscoe. Um, and Eric's won the head-to-head in four of the last six races. Last year at this track, Eric Almarola 17th. You'll take it. Chase Briscoe, 34th. Um, <laughs> here's my favorite stat, Rod. Are you ready? All right. These are the drivers in the two races at Nashville that have a better average finish than Chase Briscoe. Ty Dillon, who hasn't even been there in a Spire car yet. He was in a shittier car. BJ McLeod, Josh Balicki, Joey Gase, JJ Yaley, Cody Ware, Garrett Smithley, Matt Benedetto, Anthony Alfredo, and Ryan Newman. All have better average finish at Nashville than Chase Briscoe. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) That is so bad. What a list. That's like a, that's like, as I was looking through that, I was like, yes, I was like, oh my goodness. Not only has he been horrible this year, he's not had any luck at Nashville either. So uh, that's a double. This is my uh, edge boost double down for you. (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously we are double doubling down on it because both of us have this as our bet. And I'll just go on to say that, like you said, Amarola is, is he's actually got a top five finish on this track. Uh, as of a couple of seasons, as of the first season, he ran it, he had a fourth place finish, uh, started on the pole. As a matter of fact, in that 2021 race last year, started 11th, finished 17th. So, you know, uh, he can, he can do okay on this track and for a guy that we expect to do, you know, finish 34th, all you got to finish is 33rd. I think Amarola can do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, Almarola could finish 25th and probably be 10 spots better. Like, it, it, so it's, you don't need much from him. You just need enough. And I think that's what we'll see. Uh, so glad we're on the same page there. I'm going to go back to the fade Ross boat, Denny Hamlin versus Ross Chastain. I've already laid out the case against Ross, right? I mean, it just, he's, it's, it's, he's off right now, right? You go back and you look at Denny. Um, had a very good car here last season. Um, three of the last four races head to head. He's beat him. Obviously it's been some real rough races for Chastain. Uh, Denny was second at gateway fifth at Dover. Um, Chastain did finish fifth in this race last year again, but at that point he had two wins already on the season. Things were going really great for him, right? It's not been that for him here lately. Uh, and Denny finished sixth place here last season. So one, one spot apart last year. Um, I think that's going to be flipped this year and, and easily to, the Denny Hamlin side. Um, and, and then again, you, you know my thoughts on Ross at this point. So this is kind of just, I'm going to take these matchups against these guys that I want to fade. That's Ross Chastain. That's Chase Briscoe. Just load me up on matchups against these guys. And and honestly, in full disclosure, the books did not give us a whole lot of deep, deep, deep cuts when it came to matchups or concerns. So uh, the reason that a lot of these ones that we have to go on the side of Chastain and or uh, well, pretty much Chastain. There's a ton of Chastains out there. Uh, I wish well. there was more Briscoe. I'd take Ty Dillon over him. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Got a better average finish here. <laughs> I would almost take like Briscoe's twin over Briscoe at this point. I, I don't know who that is, but I'd take him anyways. Uh, all right. I'll take a, another guy that uh, is kind of under the radar. The group E over on Superbook is uh, Chris Busher, Ty Gibbs, uh, Austin Dillon, and Ricky Stenhouse. Busher is actually the least favorite out of all these at plus 280 to win this group. 
And I kind of like Chris Busher's odds to, to do this and win this group. Um, you know, for Ricky Stenhouse, we've seen out of him a, a good race uh, in Daytona. And then it's just been kind of meh. I mean, we don't necessarily, uh, we've celebrated some good finishes for Ricky. Uh, he's at a top 10 finish on this track uh, to go along with it. So, I mean, there's, there's kind of a, a decent enough case to be made for Stenhouse, but his, uh, his top 10 finish came in 2021 where he finished in sixth. Uh, other than that, it was a 16th place finish for him on Nashville. Uh, but like I said, this season for Ricky, after that win, it's been two top fives and five top tens. The last couple of races uh, for Ricky, uh, especially if you if you count like Gateway, like we talked about it, that being a sort of comparable track, 32nd place finish there, 13th place at, uh, at Darlington, if we're going to kind of comp those as well. But, you know, for Chris Buescher, this track has not been his favorite. Uh, he finished 36th and 30th on this track. But, I mean, Cody, we talked about it. It's momentum. Night and day, when we talk about Martin Truex Jr. having two completely different seasons between last season and this season, kind of the same for Chris Buescher. Chris Buescher, over the course of his season so far, has had three top five finishes, seven top ten finishes in 16 starts. Look at his last four races, really. Darlington 10th, Charlotte 8th, Gateway 12th, Sonoma 4th. Chris Buescher is quietly putting together a pretty decent streak of races. Now we're going to Nashville after a week off. Hopefully he'll be able to turn around uh, what was bad, bad, bad history on this track and, and really just turn in the performances that we've seen from him lately. Uh, like I said, I'm very encouraged by his 12th place at Gateway, very encouraged by his 10th place at Darlington. Um, you talked about Dover, ninth place finish at Dover after starting fifth. So again, not a bad day there as well. So a um, lot of encouraging signs for Chris Buescher. We talked about RFK just basically kind of turning it around and, and making themselves a contender here. So um, I definitely, definitely like Chris Buescher. As far as the other guys in this group, uh, you know, Ty Gibbs. Actually, Ty Gibbs has had a very, very bad uh, last few races. And it's just to what we had so much hope for Ty Gibbs uh, going into this season. And, and he actually did very well. Uh, to start the season, we were talking about his top 10 finishes and and how just impressive he was as a rookie. Probably still going to win the rookie of the year, but his last few races have been abysmal. And I say abysmal after the start that he had, really. Sonoma, 18th. Gateway, 20th. Charlotte, 26th. Darlington, 16th. Kansas, 34th. Uh, Dover, 13th. Okay. Talladega, 31st. So Ty Gibbs has fallen on, on some hard times. Can't really trust him, I think, anymore until he shows us again. Uh, Austin Dillon, I, it's Austin Dillon, man. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to count on him to do well at all. He can, one hundred percent talent enough to do enough. But if I'm putting money, I'm not putting money on Austin Dillon. I'll take Chris Buescher to outperform this group, especially at plus two eighty. Yeah, so I like this. Uh, it makes me sad that Gibbs has been down a little bit lately because obviously I've loved betting on him. Uh, but hard to make an argument for him at this point. Um, Dylan has just been missing more than he's been found this season. Like he's not been around a ton, especially with as well as Kyle Busch is doing. You'd think maybe that that he'd be doing a little better, but doesn't seem to necessarily be the case. So don't hate that. I'm going to make an argument for Stenhouse here in a minute, but I still think that you could hit your bet and my bet at the same time. Busher obviously has been super impressive lately. We've gushed over the RFK program over Bush or over Keselowski. Um, so no arguments from me there. I do like Ricky Stenhouse this weekend, though, and I like him to get a top 10 plus 240 over on Caesars. When I think of concrete tracks, I think of Chase Elliott. I think of Kyle Bush. I think of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Those are the three names that pop into my mind right away every time. And Stenhouse, we've talked about it multiple times this season, right? He has been doing great. So let's go back to last. Last year, he had a 16th place finish here. It's not too far out of the top 10, right? A couple spots better. He's in the top 10. I don't, I'd have to go back and look and see where he was. The finish was kind of crazy last year. There's a bunch of guys pitted, and then there was a big wreck, and that kind of messed up the whole finishing order necessarily. But, uh, but you go back to 2021, seventh, sixth place in stage one, seventh place in stage two, sixth place at the end of the race. He was in the mix all day long. Now you fast again, we talked about it right last year. 
didn't have a top 10 finish after the Coke 600 until he won the Daytona 500 in the spring. Since winning the Daytona 500, he has 11 top 15 finishes this season. He was 15th at Dover, again, a concrete track. Like you said, 13th at Darlington. Um, so just the concrete factor, how well he's done here in the past with his sixth place finish and a 16th place finish. And the fact that he has 11 top 15s, I know that's not on the top 10. It's not 11 top 10s, right? The top 10 number wasn't as impressive. That's why I threw out the top 15. But if finishing in the top 10, you're not that far from finishing. Or if you're finishing in the top 15, you're not that far from finishing in the top 10. That's the angle, of course, you're going for there. Plus 2-4. I think you can take this. I do still think you could take your uh, group bet as well and possibly hit both of these. Or even if you just hit one of them, plus 240, that's going to be fine as well. So love me some Ricky Stenhouse this week. Um, I probably won't be on the DFS show later this week. So uh, keep him in mind when it comes to DFS because uh, I just want to toss that out there. We'll have to see if the price is right for a Ricky Stenhouse DFS right. <laughs> play. Uh, no, I like it. I, and again, I, I I do think that Chris Busher can still pull out a pretty decent finish. And I, I suppose... If Busher finishes ninth and Stanhouse finishes 10th, then uh, we're all good. So uh, I like this as well. <clears throat> all right. I'm going to go with my, I guess, uh, wheelhouse, as as it were. We all know that winning car numbers are, are something that I do enjoy throwing out. I feel like I'm throwing them out a lot lately, but I guess if they keep hitting, then we can just continue to throw them out. And this will be my winning car number bet of the week. And this is under nine and a half at plus 125. I'm just going to say it right now. Both of the cars that have won on this track have been under nine and a half. It was Chase Elliott. It was Kyle Larson. Obviously, Elliott in the nine, Larson in the five. But now you've got Chastain, who's got a real... We we said he's neutered. But watch this be the race that he comes out and, yeah, and throws can, out and, a ring. Yeah, again, it's going to happen. Event like it's He's going to pop back up. Track house based out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. There's a lot going there for for the Chastain argument. So this is a way to be covered on Chastain, right? Yeah. I, again, like I said, at plus one twenty five, this was the actually. I'm surprised this is at plus money with the with the fact that Elliott and Larson are on there. So again, you got Elliott, you've got Larson, you've got uh, you've got uh, Chastain, you've got Kyle Busch over there now in the mm-hmm. five or in the eight rather. So um, I'm telling you, th- there's a lot of heavy hitters in this group. Now, am I scared of Cindric? No. Uh, yeah, Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I skipped right <laughs> you over. You can't Corey say LeJoy under nine time. and a half and not mention Corey LaJoy, right? This is true. But you've also got Brad. Brad Keselowski has been knocking on the door for a while of a really solid finish and maybe a checkered flag. So, um, you know, and Kevin Harvick is in that group as well, who we know is going to finish at least inside the top five or top 10. So, um, I mean, there's an awesome real possibility. I mean, yeah, you throw in Austin Dillon, right? We talked shit about him, but his teammates got three wins. He could pop up and get a win. I mean, there's enough guys in that group, but obviously the big hitters is where you're going for, right? You've got Larson, Elliott, Bush, Harvick. Like, that's a that's a pretty good core. Obviously, there's a lot of guys over that number as well. But that's, uh, I mean, and yeah, again, we didn't. I guess we didn't touch on that when we talked about it. But two races, two Hendrick wins. It's been, Lar- you know, Larson and Elliott so far. So. We'll see if that uh, that trend continues. Yeah. So, and, and it's a good way to hedge because obviously when we get to the winners, you'll hear a couple of different names, but I think this is a great way to hedge. Plus, if if you hit that also, then you'll hit what we got coming up for you as well. So it's like a it's like a double down in and of itself. There you go. <laughs> Next up for me, speaking of Hendrick drivers, I'm going to take William Byron top five plus 100 over on Caesars. I mean, look at the season that William Byron has had. Like, he has been a top five machine. He's been fast every week. He's let a shit ton of laps. Everything has been going well for Byron. Look at the last couple of seasons. We just talked about it, right? Larson and Elliott have won here. Now, who's the best Hendrick car at the moment? Could make a pretty strong case that it's Byron. Even if it's not, he's the second best at this point, right? I love Chase Elliott, but at this point in time, at, at this point in the season, he's sitting third fiddle to Larson and to Byron. And it's hard to argue against that. So you go back and you look uh, third or eighth place rather at, at Worldwide Technologies, had the second place at Charlotte. He won at Darlington, like you said, a kind of comparable track. Third place at Kansas, a fourth place at Dover, again, a concrete track. Um, he did finish 35th last year, got caught up in a wreck early. Shit happens, right? But 2021, finished in third place. 
And that was before he's been as strong of a car as he is now, the force that he is now. Um, and so, again, getting this at plus money, it's only a top five, right? It's not even the top three. Just has to get in the top five. Byron is going to be up front. He's led a ridiculous number of laps this season. Um, and, and consistently see that 24 car up front week in and week out. Uh, and so, again, that's the last. So the last five, quote, unquote, true ovals, right? Uh, not counting the all-star race either because it's not a points race. But the last five true ovals, not super speedways, not road courses, not the all-star race. He has not finished worse than eighth place. Uh, and four of those have been inside the top four even. So uh, just, again, momentum on his side, the way things have been going for him. Hendrick's been strong here in the past, um, so I, I expect Byron to be good yet again. Well, speaking of Hendrick, and and obviously I can't argue with this. In fact, I the 24 car was probably the one that I was having the most trouble trying to actually figure out what I thought he was going to do uh, in this. And it's, and it's crazy, too, because, again, like you said, he's probably been the best, if not 1A to Lar or 1B to Larson's 1A this season, and yet we're still sitting here trying to struggle where to put William Larson in the mix. It's just William it's Larson. <laughs> William Larson. William Byron. You put you put William Larson in that car. You better watch out. <laughs> I uh I think I blame the surroundings that are very unfamiliar to me. I, I've forgotten who is who. Uh but yeah, I mean again, it's just a it's it's weird to think that we're trying to figure out what to do with William Byron uh it, it, this late in the season too. So all right. Well, I'll I'll turn to his buddies, uh Larson and Elliot. Like I said, they're the only two that have won on this track as far as the cup are our series are concerned. This is a very interesting number, which is why I'm throwing it out there. I would not go heavy on this, but I will say that this is probably worth a little bit of speculation at, at 12 to one. And that's a Larson Elliott Quinella, not an exacta, but a Quinella. So that means obviously it doesn't matter if Larson finishes first or Elliott finishes first. The other one's just got to finish in second place. And look, can both of these cars do it? Yeah. Yeah, they can do it. This is this is an opportunity for these guys to reinsert themselves into the conversation. Obviously, Kurt Busch has been kind of stealing some of the thunder from these guys lately. Larson and, well, obviously, Elliot with his injury, and, and now he's got to fight back. And look, the only way to really get this done for him now is to win. He's won on this track before. He needs to come out and try to do it again. So if he does it, expect that his teammate's going to be just as fast. In fact, all of these Hendrick cars are probably just going to be just as fast on this track because Chevy has had a really fantastic track record on this uh, on this particular uh, course. And it's just, you know, these guys are going to continue to try to push it. And if anybody's going to get a one-two finish, it's probably going to be Larson and Elliott uh, if it isn't one of the other guys that we kind of give you later on in it. And like I said, at 12 to 1, this is one of the, it's not the longest shot Quinella's on there. Obviously, there's there's a lot deeper shots, but I'm surprised that this particular one is at 12 to one, given the fact that both of these guys can win this race and the other one, you know, obviously if they don't win, they're going to probably finish second. So uh, I thought it was intriguing at 12 to one. I, I liked the number. I think that's why I ended up picking it. And it's another way for you to get in on Hendrick cars. If they continue to be solid on this track and to, you know, turn in a really good day for you. Yeah. Hard to argue against it. I mean, obviously they're the two guys who have won their two Hendrick cars, two of the better cars in the field. Elliot's performance has been a little so-so lately, but I, I, he's one of those guys that, again, can pop up and do it at any point. Did it here last year. You're just waiting to see him do it again, get comfortable, but being back in that car after his injury, who knows how much that's been holding him back. Now he had a week off to rest up more, right? It could come out. It could happen. Larson, obviously, he's one of the best cars every week. His finishes are always the question, right? He's either going to win or finish second, or he's going to feed that last because he he wrecks out in the course of getting there right so uh but i, I do think it's a, at the price you're getting a you're getting a good value so uh yeah no argument from me on that one yes sir uh all right listen if you hear any random bleeps and bloops and whatever forgive me i'm literally like i said on a laptop now that uh, i'm in a hotel room i'm sorry if you can hear the air conditioner i if you've lasted this far I 100% uh, really value your guys' dedication to this show because uh, I know that as a podcast listener, when something sounds different than what it normally sounds like, I'm always like, what are they doing? But hope you guys have stuck with us through this whole thing. It's it's just a, a learning curve in mobile technology for me. 
Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll blame the U.S. Army again, but uh, at least even though they've taken you away, they've still allowed you to to work on work with us this week. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. All right. Well, listen, we don't got to step away for anything else. I think we're all good to just start laying out our winners. Uh. But before before we do, I just want to go on record as saying Cody's going to say his, but I had it first. Yeah. Well, why don't you give out yours first? Because you were in the dock first. I logged into the dock. I went in to type my winner in. And I go, motherfucker, Rod stole him. So I texted Rod, and then I said, you know what? Fuck it. We did this last week with Alex Pillow in the IndyCar. It worked out for us. We're doing it this week in the Cup Series. I think the fact that, again, independently, we both got to the same guy. I love it. I'll allow you to take the floor here first. Oh, look at you. You're so sweet. Well, then I'm going to go out and take Kyle Busch. Uh, it's, just, it's hard at this point to say anything bad about how Kyle Busch's season has been going. You know, we talked about it. Uh, I think even on Monday, too, we talked about uh, uh, how just incredible Kyle Busch has been uh, coming off of a win at Gateway, a second place at Sonoma, sixth at Charlotte, seventh at Darlington. He obviously won at Talladega, won at Fontana. Uh, just been a man on a mission so far this season. This track, not been the, kind, the kindest to him, but of course he was in the 18 car Last year, this was about the time where we all started to realize that there was several cracks in the armor there at Gibbs. He finished 21st, but um, like I said, I mean, listen, this guy is on fire right now. He is probably the hottest driver um, with two good finishes. Like I said, at Gateway, that's the one that really gives me the most sort of uh, thing that he could do it again. And we've seen drivers come out and win a couple in a row or two out of three or whatever. And and if anybody's going to do it, Kyle Busch, it looks like you found him at plus 900 yep. on Barstool. On bar I had him at, yeah, I had him at plus 800. So obviously way better value on Barstool right now, but for him to be nine to one and the way he is right now, he's not even among the favorites. That's, that's the thing about it. Like his value right now to win this race, fantastic value given what he's been able to accomplish this season the high that he's on right now. And, and just, you know, again, a week off for Kyle, Kyle Bush is probably pretty deadly at this point for everybody else. Cause he's had an opportunity now to just sort of relax again and reset his focus and come out just firing on it. And uh Nashville better be careful. Drivers better be careful. I think Kyle Bush is going to win this race. Yeah. And Kyle Bush was really, really good here last season, led 54 laps. He was second place. Um, until a very late caution. I think it was Josh Balicki blew up or something like that. Late caution, stacked the field up. Elliott decides to stay out. Bush decides to pit, bring some others with him. Some guys stayed out, some didn't. Bush got shuffled back in that because of the guys who stayed out. There was a wreck on the restart. Bush was caught up in that, ends up finishing 21st, not reflective of how he was doing. 11th place in 2021 was an okay finish for him as well. One at Worldwide Technologies. Again, a fair, you know, probably the closest compare. Again, it's not a perfect comparison, but probably one of the closest comparisons you're going to get. Um, and had a pretty great day that day. Um, and he's been seventh place or better in the last four races. How much more can you ask for the guy? Things are going great for him. He's got three wins already this season, three completely different styles of tracks, too the two mile track at Auto Club, Talladega Super Speedway. And and then a gateway, of course, where it's, you know, the 1.3 mile or whatever, you know, whatever, or whatever, something similar to that, this style of track. So he can do it everywhere. He's been doing it everywhere. Love Kyle Bush. Love the fact that we both landed on Kyle this week. Again, plus 900 over on Barstool. He's not one of the favorites. Again, you can go bet Kyle Larson a plus 450 if you want to. But if you bet Kyle Larson a plus 450 every week. It doesn't add up because it just he's disappointing more weeks than he hits. It's great when he hits. It's awesome. Is anybody surprised? No, but hard to make the case to bet him at such short odds. Um, and then for a little bit of longer shots, I put Ryan Blaney in the document this morning at 14 to 1. At some places, he's already dropped to 9 to 1, which is a crazy fast drop. I did still find him at 12 to 1 on, uh, over on bet uh, 365. Um, and 11 to one over on Barstool. So get him where you can and get him early before his number continues to fall. He's obviously becoming pretty popular. Um, did finish 37th the first year here, got up, caught up in a wreck, but third place last season at a sixth place at Gateway, third place at Dover. We've seen it from him lately, right? 
got the win. All the solid finishes. I already talked him up earlier in the show. Back on betting Ryan Blaney to win. It feels so good. I love it. Um, and honorable mention, right? Six Bowman's 30 to 1 again. It's a Hendrick car. You got to do it. Over on Superbook. 36 last year. He got caught up in a wreck early. 14th in 2021. Not impressive. Been so so this season. But he opened up the season very strong. Very, very strong. He was the points leader when he got hurt. He's already almost back in the playoffs since missing a few races. He's one of those guys that just jumps up and wins randomly. Do you know why you bet on 30 to 1 guys that have chances to win races, Rod? Because Martin Truex. The last time the Cup Series was on the track. No, Martin Truex was not the favorite. He was 35 to 1. We laid out the case for why he could do it. He does it. You cash 35 to 1, 40 to 1. Some of our guys got Alex Bowman. I'm not going to make a strong case that he's going to come out and be great here. It is the Ally 400. He's in the Ally car. How many times have we seen the, the car that's sponsored by, you know, the same title sponsor win the race? Just saying. It was Ally last year and he did horrible. So <laughs> take that into, into consideration as well, right? But just the fact that it's a Hendrick car, just the fact that he can win, and he's that his wins are so weird, right? He always just pops up and it's like, oh, Alex Bowman just won a race and then it's back to just being a top 10 car. Everywhere. Like, it's so random and so weird. 30 to 1, it's hard not to bet on it. Keep throwing those little darts because it's going to hit again eventually. And uh, so I think it's a, it's a nice insurance policy to have. And it was the one Hendrick card that we left out of the jump. So uh, might as well. Now we got all in. of them. In there. <laughs> now we have all of them. So uh, I was going to say that that's probably a good, good way to cover all of our bases there for Hendrick. So, uh, all right, well, get out your pen and paper. We're going to go over our bets for the ally 400 out of the Nashville super speedway, not a super speedway. Cody started you off with Ryan Blaney over Ross Chastain at plus 100 over on Superbook. I said that Kevin Harvick would finish over Ryan Blaney, who will finish over Ross Chastain. So if you want to take Harvick over Chastain as well, uh, you could find that somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, but I've got Harvick over Blaney at plus 110 over on Superbook. Both Cody and I have Eric Almarola over Chase Briscoe. It's the fade Briscoe train. If it ain't broke, don't fix it at minus 125 over on Caesars. Cody gave you Denny Hamlin over Ross Chastain. Once again, fading Chastain at minus 120 over on Superbook. I said that Chris Buescher was going to win Group E over on Superbook at plus 280 over Gibbs, Dylan, and Stenhouse. Cody gave you Ricky Stenhouse as a top 10 car at plus 240 on Caesars. I gave you the winning car number under nine and a half at plus 125 on Caesars. Cody gave you William Byron as a top five car at plus 100 on Caesars. I said that the Larson Elliott Quinella at 12 to one was too good to pass up. So take that. And then of course we both agreed that Kyle Busch was going to win this race. Cody found him at plus 900 over on Barstool. Get there now before that price moves. Uh, and then of course, Cody gave you Ryan Blaney at 12 to one on bet 365. Uh, find that one. That's definitely moving. And then Alex Bowman at 30 to one over on super book. It is Nashville. It is this weekend. Uh, lots of fun now. NASCAR's back. Thank God. I am so glad. It's it's sad not to have him last week. Luckily, we had a hell of a week in IndyCar. Hopefully, you joined us for that. That was a great, uh, great fun time. But glad to have NASCAR back. All three series back in action. Let's come back the next two days. We'll have Xfinity. We'll have trucks. Uh, and yeah, one thing I did want to mention too that we didn't talk about as far as the Hendrick goes. Last season, the race wasn't technically supposed to go into the nighttime. Um, there was some rain delays, lightning delays, and it got pushed into the nighttime. That's when the Hendrick cars were super fast. I believe it's a 6 o'clock start this week, so central time, which is what Nashville is in. And uh, so it will likely be pushed into the darkness. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see if that continues to hold up as far as the Hendrick strength, if they really hit on something last year in the nighttime that they're able to, to exercise again and cash all these bets we gave out on them. Six o'clock central. That, that is pretty late start time. Four o'clock uh, Pacific. That's, that's actually quite a late yeah. start time for a race. Yeah. It's almost a, a night race and actually, Oh wait, that's the truck race. Yeah. Six. Yep. Six o'clock central time. So wow. yeah, it is, it is almost a, a night race. First race at NBC as well. Um, they've switched over from Fox. And this race will be on actual NBC. So, um, yeah, fun stuff. 
Beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right. Well, uh, all right. Then let's put a bow in this episode and we'll send everybody to their favorite books to go place their bets. And of course, as we do, as we always do and send you away, Cody, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yep. Follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Z. You can find all my work over there. Got some NFL stuff over there. Got everything else. So, uh, yeah, give it, give it a follow and then uh, follow the show as well at NASCAR Gambling. Indeed, please do. Cody's got his hands in so many pies lately. It's beautiful stuff to see his name gracing the Sports Gambling Podcast Network all over the place. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's in between media. I'll be on the back road again this week. And then, of course, my uh, my four frequency sake articles. I'll think uh, I don't know what I'll do for them this week. I may do uh, I may do F1. I may do indie because I got an itch now. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But check it out there at for frequency sake. Uh, but again, we'll be back tomorrow with the Xfinity and then, of course, the trucks to end out the week. Uh, and then I'll find a DFS partner. Cody's going on vacation for a little while. He's leaving us. So I'll find a DFS person for us. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely take care of that. So, all right, everyone, till tomorrow, we'll see you in Toxic Xfinity. And until then, let's go racing and let it ride.